0: So welcome back, we're here again with another interview ahead of the Faction Championship for 2022. I'm Ian, I'm here again, so we're having a chat through ahead of this big tournament, which we're all looking forward to. It'll be mixed format, so we're going to talk about Highlander, we're going to talk about Crimson Bow Draft a little bit, and today I'm here with Swanny. It's wonderful to be back. I
1: love being here. It feels good.
0: <laughs>
1: here being like your apartment. I mean, yeah, positioned in front of the microphone in this uh, esoteric space in which I get to talk to
0: your wonderful self. (laughs) Well, thank you. It's good to have you on. You have definitely become a regular now. That has been one of the things about this series is obviously we're getting on a huge range of people, most of whom haven't been on the podcast. A couple of them have been on once maybe, but it has been good to talk to some different people, but also nice to have one of our regular hosts back on.
1: I'm really excited to hear what everyone has had to say. Uh, like, because every single time we manage to get one of the faction members on onto the podcast, it's just like a hoot get, getting to hear them put their uh, radio presenter voice on and and <laughs> kind of wax lyrical in in that kind of vein. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to hear all of them.
0: It has been awesome, and it is to to. I literally said right before we started recording, we won't. Sidetrack. We won't tangent as much as we normally do, but here I am tangenting very slightly. It is really <laughs> cool to have lots of different people on, and it's one of the things in our regular episodes where I'm always like, I want to get this person on, and that person, and this person. And then there's like, Me, You, and trying are pretty regular already, and if you have more than like three, four people tops, it's it just doesn't really work. So it's actually, there's a low, like, I want more people on, but also I don't want to have to edit three episodes a week. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, no, this is a good excuse. It's good. It is. So. Onto to you, to start off with. How long have you been around the faction? So I've been around the
1: faction uh, probably more or less, what, what is it now, sort of 2022? So probably about four years maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't asked to join until uh, I believe 2020. I actually remember we were at, blue bonnet having an american barbecue style feast and i had just stuff my face with this transcendental food and was just sort of like buzzing on cloud nine and seated across from hoodie and and yeah he asked me to join i said well yeah if you want the uh play quality of the of the team to drop uh that much on average then yeah i would be i'd be very glad to basically become a a drinking member of the team and yeah here I am
0: yeah that's awesome I think you'd been like one of the invited guests at an invitational or two right
1: yeah yeah so I had been along to I think I want to say three invitationals um before actually joining the faction it might it might be two but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was three hmm yeah and, and definitely sort of had gotten to the point of of making friends with with a lot of the members and you know we were always at the same tournaments and and hanging out in the same crowds and um yeah yeah so it kind of seemed like a natural progression of things
0: yeah it's good and I'm glad to have you of course so then we mentioned you played in a couple of invitationals have you played in a champs before i have played
1: i believe in two other champs before so the last one that i'm remembering would have been the one that we had uh no i'm definitely thinking of an invitational they 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 kind of blur (laughs) blur together they do blur yeah
0: yeah i don't know i think champs usually don't have people outside so it would only be whether there's been one since you officially joined the last one would have been the one that rob won i think you were there because we played jank cube or yeah i i I
1: definitely was there i think we actually played both of both of those cubes but um yeah no I, i was definitely at that one i just in the moment then thought that might have been an invitational but no and then uh i'm trying to remember if you could tell me what the formats we played were i would be able to say if i was there or not but uh (laughs) just going in in cold it's it's difficult for my brain to
0: function in that way it is hard to sort them out yeah so that one was pioneer and theros draft and Eldrain sealed i think so you played that one yeah the one before that was highlander but actually no that's an invitational so i've only played one champ. so there's been a The Invitational, there was the one at Phillip Island, which you were definitely at. I think you were at the one around the other side of the bay, and we played Highlander, and the top eight was a Ravnica, it was like a weird Ravnica draft, but it was like all three of the most recent Ravnica sets, and I don't, oh, and we drafted Modern Horizons?
1: Yes, yeah, 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 I was definitely there for that.
0: Yeah. Okay, so a few events.
1: Any notable finishes? Uh, not not particularly, I think because the main focus of the events tends to be booster draft, and, uh, I mean, pe- people say whether something is their forte or not. Uh, booster draft is definitely my pianissimo of uh, magic <laughs> skills there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, usually I kind of get stomped in, in those parts, and then, um, I mean there's always a bit of constructed, so i got something going for me, but no, no, no notable finishes yet.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And normally the constructed or often at least is Highlander actually, which is sort of toward in your wheelhouse, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Highlander is pretty much the only constructed magic that I play anymore. And I mean, as if anyone's listened to previous episodes of the podcast might've figured that I'm, just completely obsessed with the format i i i love playing it it just sort of covers all of the bases that i really love about playing magic from being a good format for deck building for playing super uh high powered cards and also for just like a variety in the games that that you get um you sort of tend to find that when you play through a tournament or a bunch of games, even just against one deck, they all kind of pan out quite differently. And it's I, I, I really like that about the format.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a good format. It's very enjoyable. On the other side, so you said Booster Draft is your pianissimo. <laughs> yeah. Have you done any Crimson Vow drafts?
1: I have not done a single Crimson Vow draft. In fact, I have only uh, looked at the rares to see if there was anything Highlander playable. And I also am aware of a red common that is Highlander playable. <laughs> I think it's called Reckless Impulse. Yes. The the one that it exiles yep. two cards from the top and you can play them. Yeah, love that card. That's a good one.
0: Well, you're missing the other common that's playable, which is Consider.
1: Ah, of course. So, So that is... Vow, I thought that was Midnight Hunt.
0: No, that's vow. I believe. Okay.
1: All right. Well. Well, there you go. So that's oh, wait, double. No, you're right.
0: You're right. No, you're right. That's Midnight Hunt.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was going to say that was double my uh my knowledge there on the format with that one, but no. So yeah. No, I I am <laughs> going to be jumping into this one fresh and uh, sort of just playing it by ear. I think. Yeah. The the main kind of way to be able to play boosted draft is online, I guess. And I'm just really not interested in, in playing arena. So kind of counts me out for, <laughs> for doing too much of that. But also uh, I guess, I guess, yeah, but booster draft kind of like, because I'm so used to playing with, the cream of the crop cards from playing Highlander and and the other constructed formats before that. And and cube as well. I mean, I I love cubing. Um, When I open a pack of, a booster pack of cards, I just sort of see a pastiche of, like, unplayables.
0: Yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah. And it's, like, really, really difficult for me to discern what then becomes good in... That particular environment, and so yeah, it's just something about it doesn't really click with me.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. The transition from Highlander to Booster Draft, and just like completely changing all of your card evaluation, can be a bit jarring. I know I've had that experience. I've been playing a ton of Highlander, haven't drafted in a while, and open like a yeah Crimson veil vale booster pack or whatever, and you're like, why is this like a three mana two
1: three what yeah yeah, none of these cards can be played it's impossible
0: you want me to put that in my deck what
1: (laughs) i mean that's that's not to say that i i dislike low power i mean like my cube um my i guess you could say serious cube that i have is quite a low power cube it's not you know draft commons or anything like that but um definitely along the lines where like Sarah Angel is a bomb in, in that format. Um, And, and I, I I do enjoy it, but I think part of the reason why I I like that so much with Q is that I can take my time to learn the format and learn all of the cards and it doesn't change at all. And so I can kind of like keep coming back to it every six months or whatever and, 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 keep gaining that knowledge whereas with booster draft you've got this period of 3 months where you can play it and then after that it's just gone and so you like and I, I realize a lot of people find that super exciting and and refreshing to come to a new format all the time and reevaluate all of these pieces but for me uh my my brain is way too smooth for that i i need things to move <laughs> at a glacial pace otherwise i can't keep up <laughs>
0: I think it's interesting I think it is a big reflection of how much you play like as in like cause to actually learn a cube format the thing as you say you can keep playing it for ages assuming you don't play it more than you know once every couple of weeks or whatever whereas I think if you actually religiously drafted a cube every week after about three or six months you actually would want changes to the cube which is part of the thing of cube is it slowly changes
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess I do feel that to an extent with the Vintage Cube, uh, now that it's been coming up online a lot. It's sort of gotten to the point for me where it's like, yeah, okay, I understand what all of this is doing and it doesn't really uh, change things up. But when you've got your own cube and, yeah, you're limited to drafting it by, you know, the amount of times that you can get multiple people together, then, yeah, it's sort of like, wow, it's... it. it even if it's like once a month you only get to try all the different archetypes once over the course of like a year so mm-hmm. yeah kind of has that extra life in it
0: yeah, i think it's especially true because in-person play sessions are like so valuable and rare especially especially over the last two years of course but just in general even before that they're so like you know you want to make the most of them and also our play group owns multiple cubes i mean you own multiple cubes yourself but even beyond that, you know, Dan has his vintage cube. I actually own a couple of cubes. I don't think I've ever played with faction people because the only times I've cubed, either you or Dan are there, and it's like oh, I'd rather play Jank cube or your old border cube or Dan's absurd vintage cube, or you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I realize that it's probably an impossibility. But I will keep, uh, you know, quietly in the background gunning for a cube or a. Uh, like format or top eight or something for a faction event it's got to happen soon right
0: (laughs) i know we've been pushing it for this time not because we thought we could get it for this one but because like it's it's the little like you know little progress maybe not this one probably another one after maybe you know down the line we have to start making small inroads
1: at some point we'll convince shane and hoodie that there's a cube that has flat enough power level that
0: (laughs) that it'll be good Well, I actually think, like, Old School Cube would not be the worst, because all the cards are so bad, for the most part. Well, exactly. I actually reckon that would be a really good format. I think it'd be very jarring. I know the first time I drafted it, you talk about, like, when you open a normal limited booster pack, you're like, wow, this is just a bunch of unplayables. That's how I felt when I opened my first pack of Old School Cube. I was like, (laughs) what? Half of my pack is four mana one ones. Like, I never played... At the time when these cards came out. So I've never experienced this. This isn't like I don't get a nostalgia rush from this. I'm just like, wow, these cards are terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. You don't get to see the blazing power of Witch Hunter
0: where, <laughs>
1: when, where when you're playing normal Booster Draft. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So a Highlander sounds like your strength then. Very into that. Crimson Vow Draft, you sound like you will probably be reading most of your pack
1: most definitely yep yeah. and and i'm sure that after about pick six in pack one i will not be able to retain any more information i'll probably stop reading as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> you like i like the art on this card um, yeah Yep. Yeah, okay in terms of highlander i know you've played a fair bit you've played a fairly wide range of archetypes right
1: yeah. Um, again, that's one of the things that I really like about the format is being able to, you know, once you have your mana base sorted out, you can kind of branch out in any way that you want. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love making different decks and trying them out against the meta.
0: Yeah, awesome. So uh, could see you playing almost anything, I guess, although you are one of the people who actually owns a Paper Highlander deck.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, so I, I I, definitely own the main deck that I have and then I sort of have enough cards to branch out with some other ideas but I'm I'm most definitely going to be playing my Calico Cat deck because it's the one that I'm the most familiar with and also just because of how good a matchup it has against Rug and um, because I'm kind of experienced in playing against Breach with it I have a feeling that Rug and Breach are probably going to be the most prevalent decks at this thing. Um, Knowing that most people in faction don't actively play the format and are probably just going to look at a bunch of top eights and see the word Rug come up 45% of the time. (laughs) That's what they're going to be doing.
0: Yeah, I reckon there might be a lot of Rug. I have sort of been tinkering in the background trying to work out whether I can convince myself to play blood
1: moon or not Mm. we'll see
0: yep yep yeah
1: so i I think i'm going to stick with my deck and also i i just love playing it i my, my general state in format at the moment is that if there's a tournament with something on the line i will play calico cat my my deck uh but then you know if i'm going to an fnm or you know just like a weekly uh casual event sort of thing i'll that's when i'll brew and i'll start doing Crazy stuff for
0: fun. Fair enough. So, looking overall, then, what do you think your chances are? How do you think you're going to do?
1: I reckon, uh, especially considering that the draft is the first event of the the whole thing. I would say I'm pretty on close to zero because by the time we get to the Highlander, the the numbers are kind of like meaningless in that if you haven't done well in the draft then you you don't really have a chance anyway so yeah i would say pretty much close on but if, if this was if, if we were playing uh, a sort of like bridge or 500s card game i would be uh going for mazare with my uh chances here
0: so <laughs> <laughs> i reckon you're a good chance to 0-3 the draft and then or even like you could 1-2 or 2-1 as I say you play a fair bit of cubes so i think you had the fundamentals of drafting down Uh, And I would be unsurprised to see you 4-0 Highlander, potentially out of an 0-3 draft. That's
1: my plan. That's my game plan for the day.
0: (laughs) So you only have to 1-2 the draft if you're going to 4-0 Highlander.
1: Interesting. So just open one bomb and maybe that can happen. All right, all right, okay, okay. Yeah, you got me feeling more positive
0: about this now. (laughs) So the next one, if you're not going to win it then, who is your pick to win it? Uh, Now that's an excellent question. I
1: know that in terms of preparedness over both formats, it's got to be Trent. He's constantly drafting the set he's t- uh, uh Crimson Vow, and, and he's talking about it a lot. And he's also one of the few of us that is constantly uh, playing Highlander games and, and getting in touch with the format too. So I think purely based on numbers, it's got to be Trent. However... There are quite a few dark horses uh yes. that, that I can think about that I mean you can't discount Rob. The man is a wild, eccentric genius when it comes to playing magic. Uh and you know, he he could certainly run away with the day, as he has previously. Um I think that Nathan's definitely in it with a strong chance. Uh, I don't know how much he's been drafting, but uh, he certainly is a very powerful wizard, and so um, you know re- results could come his way. And um, then I guess the other, maybe well, definitely not so much a dark horse, but I would say that you, Ian, are in it with a pretty legit chance. I I know you've done quite a quite a bit of the Crimson Vow. Um, and the only thing I think that might uh, step on your toes is if you're playing breach and everyone happens to be packing a lot of graveyard hate. I think you gotta you gotta start doing the legwork now, man. You gotta be telling people like no one plays reanimator, no one <laughs> plays anything that needs the graveyard at all. Like delving, like you can't you can't relic a progenitus delve, like that doesn't work.
0: You can't. <laughs>
1: You can't play Relic of Progenitus when there's a, a Merc regional plate. You, you got to get people to stop playing that graveyard hate. Yeah, and then and then you're in it for a chance. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do do some uh, yeah some pre work as you say. Yeah. So it's interesting. I agree. With you. I'm not sure about Trent because I think at the moment he we're not sure if he'll be there or not. He's he's we'll see. COVID is a fluidly changing thing, so we'll see whether he gets there or not. But yes, I think if he is there, he's definitely in the front rows. It's funny you mentioned Rob because he was the person I I had as my dark horse, and then I remember that he's actually the reigning faction champion, so I don't know if he's a, a dark horse really. Well, he
1: I think he might be considered a dark horse in this regard because of his lack of experience with Highlander. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, go, going by questions and stuff that he's asked in in the chat and and whatnot i i would say that on paper it doesn't look like the highlander portion of the tournament is going to be in in rob's favor but you just never know you can't tell with that
0: man Mm. it's true it's true well that brings us to the end thank you for coming and having a chat to me and getting a bit of insight into you and a little bit about Cube and a little bit of a, a preview of the Faction Champs.
1: That was a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Best of luck with the tournament. We'll be back with more interviews in the leader. Bye, Carl.